This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Obviously, we had a chance to sweep the road trip and you know, put ourselves in a really good spot. And uh, for whatever reason, it wasn't our night tonight. Marky, like I said, gave us a chance in a game that we didn't deserve. But, um, you know, we'll take three wins on the trip. We won't sit on this one and we'll go home and take care of this. The Flames' win streak stops at four. The New York Rangers put an end to the good vibes following the All-Star break. They downed the Flames 2-0. As you heard from Blake Coleman, the team's focus now shifts to keeping their winning ways going as they return home. Next up for the Calgary Flames, it's the San Jose Sharks on Thursday night. Welcome into Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you. We are live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. Well, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. We'll break down a tough loss for the Calgary Flames to end off their four-game Eastern Conference road trip. Jacob Markstrom shines again for the Calgary Flames, but it's not enough. They lose the game, lose Jacob Pelche to injury, and now they get set for four straight at home. All your Flames Rangers reaction coming up in just a few moments. It's a busy show for you. CFL Free Agency has officially kicked off this morning, and the Calgary Stampeders have been busy. GM and head coach Dave Dickinson set to speak to the media Tuesday afternoon at McMahon Stadium. We'll get reaction to that and to the signings with our Stampeders reporter and co-host of the big show with Russick and Rose. Matty Rose is going to join us a little bit later on this hour. Chat with Sportsnet's Jason Bukula as well. The Beanpot just finishing up in college hockey. A couple of key prospects in the upcoming NHL draft uh, took a pretty substantial step forward in that tournament I'd say so we'll talk to Books about what he saw there and also get his thoughts on the Calgary Flames going forward as we get closer to an NHL trade deadline and we'll weigh in on the topic that's all the rage in Toronto right now Morgan Riley's in-person hearing is set for Tuesday will the Department of Player Safety bring the hammer down on the outrageous actions of Morgan Riley. We'll uh, give you our thoughts on that coming up a little bit later on this hour. But my outstanding producers today, Cam and Shan, they're along for the ride. If you're listening live, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a text at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you. Let's start with the Calgary Flames. The winning streak's done at four. They are unable to match the five-game winning streak that they had last out in April of 2022. Igor Shesterkin and the New York Rangers shut the door on the Calgary Flames. And as you heard from Blake Coleman on the intro, probably not the best effort from the Calgary Flames as they look to finish out that road trip. But Jacob Markstrom, the NHL's first star last week, continued to shine and gave his team Every opportunity to win. He makes 29 saves on the night. One empty netter, of course, uh, gets you to 2-0, but he was outstanding. A couple of, I mean, really, the first period could have gotten out of hand for the Calgary Flames if it wasn't for a couple of highlight reel saves from Jacob Markstrom. He was the reason, and we're not going to, you know, try to, to paint it differently. The Flames didn't bring their best effort to New York to finish off the road trip, but 25 has been doing what 25 has been doing this entire road trip. And for the majority of the season, take away a bad start, that one, six and one start for Jacob Markstrom. And he's been the flames MVP this season. Of course, going back to Saturday, there's talk about, you know, from NHL insiders about the future of Jacob Markstrom with the Calgary flames. And that'll play itself out one way or another, but you can just sit here today and, no, for the most part, every time the Calgary Flames go out, number 25's in net, he's going to do everything he can to give them an opportunity. you got to wonder where this team is at if it wasn't for the superhero-like tactics 
uh, of Jacob Markstrom at times this season. He was absolutely outstanding for the Calgary Flames, who just didn't have much going uh, on a night against a good New York team. But the Rangers were the more dominant team, the more physical team. They possessed the puck more than the Calgary Flames. And it's an old hockey cliche, but it certainly seemed to come back to the Calgary Flames that last game on a road trip before you go home for a couple of weeks. Kind of bit the Flames in the ass a bit last night. Not the same team that we had seen in three previous outings on this road trip. And unfortunately, the bad news for Jacob Pelche, he only plays 54 seconds last night. He is the uh, on the wrong side of a Jacob Truba hit to that surgically repaired shoulder. And he uh, stayed on the bench for a bit, would eventually have to go to the locker room and did not return. Uh, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska in just a few moments here with his post-game thoughts. Uh, but you'll hear in there he didn't have an update on Jacob Pelche. It's an off day today for the Calgary Flames. Uh, haven't heard any injury news. All we know is that Cole Schwint has been sent back down to the Calgary Wranglers of the American Hockey League. He's been a healthy scratch for a couple of games now uh, with Kevin Rooney and Pelche back in the lineup. But uh, we'll wait and see what exactly the status is of Pelts going forward. But, man, fingers crossed it's nothing serious. The last thing I want to hear about right now is that Jacob Peltier, uh somehow re-injured that shoulder. And uh, as Megan Mickelson said last night during the broadcast, you know, you can get back to playing and get back to a level where you're feeling good. But when you take a physical hit like that from Jacob Truba right to that repaired shoulder, you always assume the worst. And hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully it's the Flames just being extra cautious with a youngster in the uh, – in the system right now, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, no update on this Tuesday as of yet on the status going forward of Jacob Pelche. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. His team didn't finish off the road trip uh, like they had hoped and now have to focus on bouncing back Thursday against the San Jose Sharks as they kick off a four-game home stand. Uh, here is the head coach with his thoughts following the loss to the New York Rangers. Coach, how would you uh, assess tonight from your perspective? Uh, really slow start. I thought we were, they were skating, we weren't in the first period. And um, uh, Jacob kept us in the game in the first period for sure. I thought we got a little bit better as the game went on. But um, their goaltender played well too tonight. We made some good saves at key times for them. Especially late, uh, you know, yeah. Coleman chance. Yeah, he made a couple saves. I mean, it wasn't the game that we we envisioned getting off to the start. We did, um, but because your goaltender allows you to hang around a game, it gave us a chance, and that's um, all you can ask for of your goaltending. What's the update on Jacob Belcher? I don't have one right now, Eric. I haven't talked to Kent yet. Look bad to you, or no? It didn't. No. To be quite honest, so I, I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him, but that's just from me standing on the bench. Yeah. Guys talked about how you know they they had that discussion inside the locker room that you know given what Jacob had, had done for mm-hmm. 40 minutes just about trying to find him one there late is that you know kind of fair that you felt that mentality from from the group there? Sure, I mean we've talked about it already. He kept us in the first period like they were they were skating, they were making plays, and we gave them a lot of room to make those plays, and we had to rely on him way too much. But as I said, it it got a little bit better as the night went on, just not enough tonight. Obviously some disappointment, but uh, can you take any solace in a, in a three and one? road record here yeah it's these are tough buildings to play in um you're coming home above 500 that's a good thing for us and we have to make sure that our next game as we always talk about is the most important one okay thank you guys there you go quick into the point from head coach ryan huska after the loss to the new york rangers just not a great night from the calgary flames it happens it's unfortunate you would have loved to have headed into this Next stretch at home with a five-game winning streak and feeling really good about yourself, but you have to give the New York Rangers credit where it's due. Igor Shosturkin has had a bad season by his standards, uh, but he was outstanding last night and was uh, part of a goalie battle. His team was able to find one pass Jacob Markstrom in a bit of a, a scrum play that even Jacob probably couldn't control, and that was the difference in the hockey game. The Flames just didn't have that same offensive push that we've seen at other times during this road trip. But yeah, if you had gone back to the conversations we had had pre all-star break and said, flames are going to go three and one on this road trip. There is not a flames fan out there except for team tank, which I understand is on the other side of it. But from a, a fan perspective, you would have looked at it and said three and one Boston, New York, New York, New Jersey. 
Yeah, we'll take that. Playing good games, too. It, it's just, it was almost like they needed that break so bad. They came back playing, I'd call it a different style of hockey. I mean, it's that those were entertaining games to watch, and the Flames had control. I mean, yesterday was, yesterday was a different story, but it's the end of a long road trip. Like you mentioned, good teams, really good teams and, and, and tough buildings to play in, and the Rangers are one of those top teams in the league, and it, it certainly looked like it. And Shesterkin, the Flames had Shesterkin's number a couple years ago, and he had some pretty bad numbers, but this year uh, he only allowed one in the first game of the season and then obviously shut him out today. So uh, Shesterkin has had the Flames number this year, maybe not some of the other teams, but um, we saw last night that he's still one of the premier goalies in this league. Yeah, no surprise there. They've been really lucky that Jonathan Quick's been such a good ad this year, but I mean, Igor Shesterkin, I think five years into the NHL career now, still going to be the guy that gets it done for the Rangers. And, and look, I don't want to make any excuses. It's it's the end of a road trip, yes, but um, wasn't the most grueling travel or anything like that. The Flames just weren't they weren't great last night. They weren't elite. They weren't bad. Like they, we've had way worse efforts than that. It just wasn't good enough to beat the New York Rangers on Monday night. And now you look at the next uh, homestand for the Calgary Flames. You got a couple days off, including today, Thursday, San Jose afternoon affair on Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings. You get the Winnipeg Jets on Monday and Boston coming in next Thursday. So it doesn't get any easier for the Calgary Flames. If you want to go even further than that, uh, another battle of Alberta on Saturday the twenty fourth, and then the L.A. Kings who are battling for a wild card spot. San Jose. I don't even want to say is the gimme on this because no gimmies anymore. No, and this. I don't want to make this about this team because they, they just had a good road trip, but we've seen at times lesser opponents, and this is a lesser opponent. They won't have Tomas Hurdle. They won't have Logan Couture. You're going to need your player guide on Thursday to recognize some of the names on this San Jose team, but that doesn't mean that they're, they should be taken lightly or that they can be looked past if you're the Calgary Flames. The last thing you need to do if you're the Calgary Flames and you have playoff aspirations in that room is to do what you did in January when you went on a four-game winning streak and you followed it up with a four-game losing streak. Do not let that happen because it's going to get harder. Don't let San Jose be a slip-up game for you Thursday because Detroit's coming in, Winnipeg's coming in, and all of a sudden it just it can snowball that fast. As quickly as they've picked up wins, it can snowball the other way. If you're the Calgary Flames, you have one off night where you underestimate a team like a Chicago, like a Columbus, and all of a sudden you find yourselves, you know, working back all of that work that you just did on a good road trip. So again, getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. Thursday's gonna be a good one. It'll be nice to see them. Back at home, it's been a while since they've been in front of their fans at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And like we said, we'll focus in on the Sharks a little bit later on this week. They're the next opponent out for the Calgary Flames. Did want to focus back in on Jacob Markstrom, though. Um, yesterday on the show, as we were getting ready for the Rangers game, sort of talked about some of the heroes we'd seen on this road trip. I talked about Jonathan Huberto's great game against Boston, how good Noah Hannafin was uh, against the New Jersey Devils. Mackenzie Weger had this great game out. Uh, against the New York Islanders. And here's Jacob Markstrom, the NHL's first star of the week. So deserving. We heard from Elliot Friedman over the weekend that there had been some serious talks between the New Jersey Devils and the Calgary Flames about a potential Jacob Markstrom move. And there's a lot around that right now. And it's going to be interesting to follow and see where that goes. Jacob's got a no trade, so he controls a, a great amount of this. But I just want to show some appreciation for how good this guy has been this season. And Look, he took a lot of heat last year, and some of it was absolutely deserved. The first goal frustration that we saw, um, that sort of stuff, you know, I think some nights didn't help his team nearly as much as he does, but this guy is such a competitor. He works his ass off. He is a leader in that room. Ask anybody. We're not going back to the days of Roberto Luongo putting the C on his helmet because he's the de facto captain or whatever that was. But if a goalie could wear a letter, Jacob Markstrom would wear a letter for this team. After the awful start they had to this season, for him to be in Vesna consideration 
is incredible and just uh it just speaks to the kind of season that he's had and it's understandable why other teams are taking notice of this and wondering hey if the flames are going in a younger direction could we get a Jacob Markstrom 6 million dollars a year for a Vesna caliber goaltender for the next couple of seasons sounds like a great move if I'm New Jersey sounds like a great move if I'm Carolina I sure would be considering it if I'm Brad Tre living in Toronto. So you understand it's been that kind of year for Jacob Markstrom. And uh, I wanted to play this from earlier on Tuesday. Brent Cron, former NHL goaltender, former Flames draft pick, former Calgary Hitman goaltender. He's our analyst on Sportsnet 960. Joins the guys on the morning show following every Flames game. And Cron sort of dove in with the guys this morning on whether this is the best stretch of hockey we've seen from Jacob Markstrom in a Flames jersey and just why it's been so good for Jacob this season, maybe despite this not being the most talented Flames team he's had in front of him. Here's Brent Cron with the guys a little earlier today. Is this the best Jacob Markstrom's ever played for the Calgary Flames right now? Yes. And I will, I will, uh, that was quick. It was a quick answer. Um, When you look at his, you know, Vesna candidate season he had two seasons ago. He yep, was that's what Maddie brought up. He was uh he was awesome. He was great. But I have never seen him this calm in the net and having this much fun, honestly. Mm. Uh, he's in this sample size of, of this season so far, he's I don't know what it is. He looks like, you know, he's 34 years old, so obviously he's we we, we know what type of goaltender he is, but he's he's just he's smooth, he's calm, he's relaxed. You watched the game last night too. There's a few plays. They, the camera pans to him. He's smiling. You know, he chased the referee down there after the goal a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I would too. Yeah. You know, that's not a big deal. But I think his demeanor kind of is what sets it apart for me this season, as opposed to two seasons ago, where he was two seasons ago. He was, you know, Daryl's there, and he's 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 trying his best, and and he, and he's playing every single night, and he's just giving it, and he kind of ran out of gas because he was just there was lots going on, right? Uh, this season, he's been. Uh, he's had a few minor bumps and bruises, and they've had the the luxury of having Vladar and Wolf come in and and give them some solid minutes, not Markstrom minutes, but solid minutes. Mm-hmm. And then Markstrom's come back, and and he's just been uh, he's been a force back there. He's been calm. You don't panic. You don't see those bad goals. Even when he in his Vesna, in his Vesna candidate season, he he would let squeakers in. He would let in early goals, but the Flames had firepower to go back and 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 score and and recover from that. And then the second last year. They they couldn't score, and then those those squeakers became a big issue, especially starting games. And then this year, he's all but eliminated those those bad goals, those early goals. I mean, on this road trip, they've needed him in the first period in every single game, right? And and he started the games and been phenomenal. I mean, those two glove saves last night that <laughs> that the nice little you know Tanev uh, giveaway behind the net there, yep. and the guy just walks around and yep. oh don't worry about it. He didn't even panic. He's like no, you know nobody panics even if it's a almost a guaranteed goal. It's it's Mark Markstrom's back there. You can see the team confidence in Markstrom too. Two years ago they knew he was great, um, but this year just his calm demeanor and his battle level. He's he's not uh, you know I had to. Uh, Explain a few things to my son too the other day where he was kind of getting bumped into and run into and you know you want to play tough hockey mm-hmm. you know and he was he's twelve and he was giving a few guys some shots or whatever and that's fine but also being playing tough hockey means staying out of those battles and focusing on the puck right and and being mentally tough and and sometimes you have to turn away from you know where your where your obvious frustration is because your ultimate job is to stop the puck and we've seen Markstrom get distracted. Over the course of his career, he's a very emotional guy. He, if you run into him, you bump into him. He'll give you a shot. He'll he can kind of get lost in that battle. And this season, he hasn't at all. All that stuff is, it's it's secondary. It's almost fun for him. He'll get in there. I mean, we saw that Philadelphia game where they were running him over con- consistently, and he stood up for himself. But it was nothing egregious. It was nothing crossing the line. He wasn't taking a penalty. Didn't take him off his game. No lumberjack. No, exactly. No, no kicking guys in the back of no the skate. No blocker in the back of the skull. <laughs> right. So obviously, um, you know, like I said, the difference for me, yes, the, the ability has always been there. He was tremendous in his Vesna candidate season, but his, his mental game is, is kind of what I, I would say takes him uh, to, the, to the best hockey I've seen Jacob Markstrom play. How much of and, this and, is sorry, George? Just wanted to ask real quick on that. How much is this relevant to last year's play? 
and you know he struggled last year and just kind of understanding that he can get back to himself like how do you think that for sure equates into this well and he's, he's super competitive i mean like mm-hmm. any professional athlete you're, you're there for a reason and last season you you hold yourself to a certain standard and he didn't meet it and it's and as a as professional pride you're embarrassed mm-hmm. and he was still he was all right last season wasn't great and at the end of the year too i mean you know the first thing we heard coming in from training camp is you know you know Jacob's ready to go this season. And they say that every time. Yeah. You know, you come in and you, you know, you're, you're in shape. And I was like, yeah, I took this seriously, and he's ready to go. And heard the same thing about Jonathan Huber. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, that's just the thing that if you don't do it, they can rip on you forever. If you do do it, it's just okay. Well, that that checks the box. There's about forty other ones, but that's that's one right in the journey to to being an elite player. But uh, from the drop of the puck, even preseason, you know, he was just he was dialed in, and and he looked like he was enjoying the game, and you see him enjoying the game, and. In tough moments and big in big game situations, and when the game's on the line, I mean, he was uh, he's smiling, he's enjoying every second of it, and and you can just see he's in the moment because you know now that all the questions we're getting close to the trade deadline, and everybody is you know what's going to happen is are the Flames going to trade Markstrom? Is he staying? What's the, and you ask him, he's like, I really don't care. You know, I'm my job is if I start worrying about all that stuff, and I think last season that would have affected him even more. Yeah. I think this season. Between the years, it's a lock for him right now, and uh, and and this is the best. I just I love watching him play right now because I I know I did my top ten goalies earlier, year, and Markstrom wasn't on it. Um, bit bit cheap. Has there been a shuffle? <laughs> yeah, Has well, there been a shuffle this season? He's been playing like he's a top five goalie. You know, uh, in the, he's been literally. I mean, we get to see him every night. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of the league. You know, you know whatever. Yeah, sure, okay, but uh, we see what this guy can do, and uh, and this season he's. Uh, He's definitely been on another planet. He's he's unbelievable. Has has he even thrown his stick or broken his stick this season? He's I don't think so. I haven't seen it. Nothing egregious, you know. Not after and he a, did that last year, a few times. A ton, you know. You, those D men had to wash their hands on the boards after the game because he was coming in to slash that uh, the, that, dasher. that the dashers. He's yeah. walking into the tunnel. Um, but yeah, no, you know, even you know, I, 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 I keep bringing this up but when the puck hit the referee and you know, I, I can't remember who they were playing but it, it it's a bad bounce goes in last year you I mean it would have been a yard sale for for Markstrom throwing his blocker and his helmet and losing his mind and yelling at the referee and then he probably would have let in another one and and this time it's just it's not bothering him I love I love that that's Brent Cron Calgary sports legend former Calgary hitman flames draft pick joins the big show following every flames game and just some great stuff there on the season that Jacob Markstrom's having and continued to have Monday night despite a loss in New York. The turnaround we've seen from Jacob Markstrom season to season is nothing short of remarkable. He is hands down this team's MVP this season. And I don't know that there's really even a debate about it. There are some guys having great seasons on this team. There's some guys having good seasons. There's a, a guy having a great rookie season in Connor Zary. But I do not know where this team is without Jacob Markstrom. And there are a lot of people that washed this guy away last season and said, he's done. See you later. Hit that that fork in the road as a goalie. Get him out of here. It's time to change, change things over to Dustin Wolf. And while I don't disagree that there's a conversation to be had about Dustin Wolf uh, getting more time in this organization and more NHL playing time, anybody who said that last year, that Jacob Markstrom was ready to be replaced by a tandem of Dustin Wolf and Dan Vladar, looks a little bit silly this year and proves to you that you can't, one year does not define what you're getting out of a 10, 11-year NHL veteran. You, you just don't fall off the cliff like that, especially for a guy that works like Jacob does, is as competitive as he is. And he, believe me, he cares not for the trade deadline coverage, the trades of uh, if Tanev goes, if Lindholm goes. like, like That's going to derail his season. Not a chance. Not for a second. It might change his personal life. He was great friends with Elias Lindholm. And maybe the future looks different for him in the Calgary Flames than it ever did. But I don't think that changes what you get from this guy on a night-to-night basis. And 
Calgary Flames fans should count themselves lucky because there was a period post Mika Kiprasov here where this place was becoming a goalie wasteland. It was signing up for the next journeyman, and maybe this guy could give you two seasons if you were lucky. You've been in this city, you're, you listening to this right now, have likely experienced it. Remember when Mike Smith was the savior? Or Brian Elliott was the next guy? Or Jonas Hiller was the next guy? Remember when there was a time when we were afraid to lose Yoni Ordeo on waivers? Because he was the next guy. And that guy hadn't accomplished half of what Dustin Wolf's accomplished in the American Hockey League. Joey McDonald was here. I know that was a different time. And they were kind of rebuilding. and re- But there were some dark goalie days here. Between 34, who will get his day in Calgary this year, deservedly so, and the time until 25 got here, it was a wasteland for a lot of years. And it's just, it needs to be appreciated a little bit more. And I know it can be tough because you want to look to the next young thing, the next exciting thing. And I, I really hope Dustin Wolf is that for the future of the Calgary Flames. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just think we need to appreciate a bit of what Jacob Markstrom's brought here because it doesn't take long to go back and remember what it was like to not have a guy like that and how much you miss it when it's not a part of your organization. Again, next up for the Calgary Flames, they'll kick off a four-game homestand starting Thursday against the San Jose Sharks. A couple of afternoon starts in there. Detroit, Winnipeg on family day, and then the Boston Bruins for a rematch from earlier on this road trip for the Calgary Flames. We will take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We've tried to avoid this because it's been such a big talking point because Toronto is everything in the hockey world. But Morgan Riley set to get his uh, fate handed out to him by player safety today. We're going to weigh in on what we thought of the whole Kadri, or not Kadri, excuse me, uh, Morgan Riley, Ridley Gregg situation between the Ottawa Senators and the, more, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll see what, maybe we'll even spin the wheel and tell you what we think Morgan Riley's going to get uh, when player safety hands out its suspension. That when Sportsnet Today returns next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What do you think of Morgan Riley's reaction to really Greg's slap shot into the empty net? I thought it was appropriate. You think, um, are you concerned at all that he might get some supplemental discipline as a result of Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll look at it, yeah. You think maybe the egregious play you were talking about in the first period led to frustrations blowing over for him for the entire night? No, I think he's reacting to a play. And their player has the right to do what he wants in that moment, and our players have the right to react. To, you know, it's the motions of the game, and that's the way it goes. When you say it's appropriate, why do you think that's appropriate? It's pretty apparent. That was Leafs coach Sheldon Keefe Saturday night after the Maple Leafs fell 5-3 to the Ottawa Senators. But no one's talking about the result of the game. Everyone is talking still about Ridley Gregg firing a slap shot into an empty net with seconds remaining and Morgan Riley's response to said slap shot. Morgan Riley is said to have an in-person hearing today with the Department of Player Safety and is facing discipline for cross-checking Ridley Gregg. Uh, Because of some inclement weather, the hearing was changed to virtual, but it is still being considered an in-person hearing, which means it could require a suspension of six games or more, which would be something. Riley did receive a major penalty for cross-checking and a game misconduct at the 1954 mark of Saturday's game. And this has sparked a debate across the hockey world about the code of hockey, what you can and cannot do as a player, what you can and cannot do as a response to said slap shot in net. It's still going on until we get uh, a decision from the Department of Player Safety. It sure feels like it's a conversation that's going to continue. I haven't really dove into it yet. We were busy on a game day yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to react. We're going to do that now. We'll hear from the 
Sportsnet panel on Monday Night Hockey. A couple of former players mixed in there uh, with host David Amber and get their thoughts on what happened. But bring in the text line at 960-960. would love to hear from you on this. And I'll just start off with what I thought. I have no problem. None. Zero. With Ridley Gregg firing a slap shot into an empty net. Zero. If you don't want him scoring, don't give him a breakaway. Tough. Now, do I also understand that there is a code or an unwritten set of rules in the NHL? Yes. I've never played. I'm never going to play in the NHL. My odds get lower on a day-to-day basis. I fall off more scouting reports on the, every single day. But I, I can tell you that I know there's a code that says don't do that. That that is disrespectful to your opponent. That it's a slap in the face. It's a spit in their face type of action from Ridley Gregg. I don't really care. Again, if you don't want Ridley Gregg scoring into an empty net, stop him. Too bad. Now, on the other side of that, because this, I don't know, this code exists or whatever, I also understand that Morgan Riley, as a veteran NHLer, will feel the need to respond. And I also don't have a problem with that. These two guys have played long enough. I know Ridley Gregg's a youngster, but he knows what he's doing when he winds up for that slap shot. He is asking, he is begging for somebody on the Toronto Maple Leafs to have a reaction. It is an open invitation by Ridley Gregg for a little bit of a brouhaha to end off the game. Now, where my only issue lies in this entire thing and it's not the code, it's not Ridley Gregg's actions, it's not more it's where Morgan Riley hit Ridley Gregg. That's my only issue. I would have much preferred Morgan Riley dropped his stick and just grabbed Ridley Gregg and I don't know, we probably get some pushing and shoving, maybe two guys drop the gloves, but that's the end of it. That's my only issue. I don't want to see a guy get cross-checked in the face ever. It's never happened to me, and I hope it doesn't happen to me. That was the only thing that went over the line. And I'm sure Morgan Riley, in retrospect, would like to have a different response to that as well. But I can't believe the run that this has gotten about the code and what you can and can't do and that Ridley Gregg has disrespected the game and that he forced Morgan Riley into this situation. I don't think anybody did anything wrong. Again, the context of the cross check, yes, okay, I have an issue. But in retrospect, in in reality, do I have a problem with Morgan Riley being like, dude, don't do that. Like, don't be an idiot. It's the end of the game. You know, you you picked up a win. Congratulations. Good for you. But I'm not going to let you just showboat around our net. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with either of them. Because, again, if you want to stop Ridley Gregg from doing it, don't give him the opportunity. By the same account, he knows what he's doing. Don't tell me for a second. He hasn't spoken to the media since this happened. He knows what he's doing. And as a Senators player, he probably thinks it's hilarious that for <laughs> that Morgan Riley's going to miss, like, I don't know what it's going to be. Four or five games, apparently, is, is what we're kind of hearing. He probably thinks it's hilarious that because he did a half slapper into the net that somehow Toronto's going to lose their best defenseman for a week. But I just, it's gotten Shannon, one of my producers, Shannon's along with me here. Just the level that this has gotten to about what you can and can't do and what's accepted in this unwritten rules of hockey. And it's, it's honestly... It's worn on me the last couple of days because I really don't have a problem with it. Uh, again, the, I want to be clear. I do have a problem with the cross-check to the face. We, we have to have some, like, we're, we're not free-for-alling this. We're not like, this is Sparta. 
going after each other. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be a level. And I don't, again, I don't think Morgan Riley's intention was to hurt him. And I think he would, in retrospect, want to go back and handle it a different way. But I don't have a problem with him responding to it. And I don't have a problem with how Ridley Gregg handled it either. No. And the reason this is everyone's still running with this is because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. We all know that. They are what they like to believe the center of, of hockey. And, you know, when I saw that happen, I was I was watching the, the the tail end of that game and I lived in Toronto for a couple of years and I saw it happen and instantly I get a smile on my face. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on Twitter or I'm going to go on X and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fun with this because when something like this happens to the Leafs, it blows up. Now, this is the Battle of Ontario. I'm, I'm just taking this, you know, in a local market perspective. If it's Calgary versus Edmonton, Edmonton's winning and Warren Fogle goes at the end of the game and rips a clapper in the empty net. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna immediately go. Oh, get him! Let's get him! Let's get him! I'm. I'm certainly gonna give a little. Ah, uh, that's. You know, but but at the same time, you don't want him to do that. Don't let him win the game. It, it's a bottom of the league Senators team that's struggling this year, and this is a team that you're supposed to roll over as the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have all this talent. And it. it you, first of all, don't let him get to that point. Moving on to the actual play. Yeah, he he's. Slap shot into the net. You have to expect that something is coming after that. You can't you can't do that in a rivalry game with a few seconds left and expect nothing to happen. Morgan Riley's actions completely. You can't. There's nothing that he did that I can say. Oh, you know, I agree with. Other than the actual intent of dealing with it, because the Leafs have been known as a soft team and they want to prove that they're not. Can you imagine what the response would have been in Toronto? If nobody touched him... Oh, it would have been worse. It would have been worse. It would have been worse. If you think that you've heard too much about Toronto and Ottawa in Calgary since Saturday, imagine nobody on the Leafs does a thing to him. It would have been, this team is soft. Oh, yeah. They're two. They're never going to win anything. How do you have no response to that guy disrespecting your team? And dis- It would have been... You're right. It would have been worse than what we're dealing with right now. 100%. And... and- I, so with Riley going over to Ridley Gregg and quote-unquote doing something about it, totally fine with it. I think he says, all right, we're dropping the gloves. Fair enough. I mean, that's it might be a little exaggerated, but I think just uh, you go after him, you, you, you grab his jersey, you say, don't do that. If a fight happens, it happens, whatever. But straight up punching him in the head with, well, it, it, it's a punch slash a cross check. It doesn't matter. It happened, and he got hit right in the face. That That, that cannot happen, and... That's why I'm fine with the suspension. I mean, like, it's 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 a dirty play, and you can look at it in slow motion and say, "Look, he looked, he aimed for his shoulder." The game is not played in slow motion. The stuff after the fact doesn't happen in slow motion. It was an angry play by Riley, and he hit him in the head. It, it should be a suspension. I mean, I'm, and this Leafs team is, I I will say they're not as soft as they used to be. I mean, you bring in Ryan. Uh, Ryan Reeves, who I don't know if you saw at the end of that game, they put him out there and he did absolutely nothing. So uh, maybe maybe they are still a bit of a soft team. It wasn't a soft play by Riley. I'm fine with him going over. The the stick to the face is completely unacceptable. I'm expecting five games. And if, if you know this in-person hearing that's not actually in-person, if the rules are that he gets minimum six, I think it'll be six. I don't think it'll be more than that. Um, but thing is, we've, pl- we've seen plays like this get one game, two games, and this would be a big crackdown, um, and I think it's something that we'll have to unfortunately hear about for maybe the rest of the year. Yeah, this is the thing that's going to really bug me is that player safety element of this because uh, there is nothing more inconsistent than how this iteration of player safety goes about their business. And I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe people disagree. I'd give Riley one. That's that's really where I would go. It was at the yeah. end of the game. Greg's okay. We've had enough time to determine that he's okay. He practiced with the team. He didn't suffer any sort of injury that's going to keep him out. Like If it was one or two, I really wouldn't have been that mad. It's the end of the game. He got mm-hmm. kicked out at the end of the game. He got a five-minute major. That doesn't affect him at all. It's at 1954, the third period. So he really didn't get any sort of punishment for it. So I do think a game or two would be fair. But I just don't know how player safety sees it because they just the way they go about their business is so inconsistent. Yeah, like uh, there's a text that I I could see it being the text at nine six zero nine six zero says I could see it being seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Like seven or eight? 
That's a lot. I, what happened? Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I think it was Minnesota, Detroit. Was it not where the guy got the stick to the face? Was that after Larkin got? I think knocked so. out. Oh yeah. But like that's <laughs> that's what I mean. Like I just I don't think that guy. I, don't, I can't remember. I'm I'm probably off on my mm-hmm. on my games on that. But it's just it feels like there's a lot worse than what Morgan Riley did. And I get you. I'm I'm totally. I think you need to be clear that you can't just go and do that. Mm-hmm. But that's the same context for any cross check to the face. Well, and not I, just because it came after this in the Battle of Ontario and it's yeah. Toronto. You cross check anybody in the face. I think you should deal with some supplemental discipline. That's that's just basic caring for other human beings and not using your stick as a weapon. Yeah, I I, I think back to earlier on the season where Rasmus Anderson caught Patrick Line right after the game and. Uh, it's a little different because Line a missed some time after that, but it's also end of the game. You're losing the game. Frustration is high, and you take your anger out on someone, and it's a dirty play. So that's why I think it'll be more than than one game. I don't fully understand how it's like in person hearing minimum six, but it could be less. I don't I don't understand. But it just gives them the option. Yeah, I I, I would say the the ideal option to expand if they feel they need to. Yeah, and seeing here that uh, yeah, Dave, it was David Perron uh, against the the Red Wings. He got six games. I, I'm for this one. You know, Ridley Gregg not injured. I'm fine with anywhere from three to five games. I, I think that is worthy of of a three to five games because it was really ugly. Um, it, but it, but it's true. Like we've talked about, there's no consistency. First of all, I'm done with I'm done with people saying, oh, it's the Leafs. That's why he's getting the, that's completely ridiculous i'm not hearing that at all they do not have a target on the least back saying oh let's get him oh let's wait for an incident to happen and let's let's get him a few extra games that is not happening i promise you but this this riley is is put in a bad spot here and i think they also need to crack down on something like this and three to five games is where i stand uh lots of text here at nine six zero nine six zero your thoughts on the morgan riley ridley greg play from over the weekend Start with this one. Uh, Riley's over-the-top reaction was as if a guy buried a slapper in the Scotiabank Arena. It, it was a road game. I don't know that it has any any bearing road or away. If you were to do that to somebody's goal, I think you're getting the same response. That's yeah. that's my view on it, but I, I, maybe that makes a difference. Uh, this says, I'm so done with these unwritten code rules. These guys' egos are so fragile that an empty net goal hurts their feelings. The code is getting out of control. There's no need for that kind of response in this league. This says, I'm okay with everything except the cross-check to the head. Drop the gloves and pummel him if you want to. Uh, Kevin in Nanton says, if it was against Arizona on a Wednesday night, that would have had more of an issue. Toronto is their Edmonton Oilers, so I say blast away in an empty net and feel free to drop your gloves. Uh, Nick in Auburn Bay says, no, you don't take a slap shot in an open net. Go YouTube Kessler doing it. He got pummeled by five guys. He deserved what he got, plain and simple. Morgan cross-checked his shoulder, and it slid up. Greg then dove like he got shot. It was a joke. That Kessler one's an interesting comparable. It's one that I've, I was actually talking with Jeff Merrick and uh, Matt Marchese after uh, Saturday's game. I'd sent them that because there's an incident in the Dennis Wideman era of Calgary where the play is coming to an end. The horn goes at the dome. There's an empty net in front of Kessler, and he half slaps it into the Flames net. And Brody gives him a little side shrug as he goes by. And Dennis Weidman comes like a bat out of hell. And his gloves are down. And I swear, Shan, it's a, it's a, it's a fun clip. Maybe I'll post it on Twitter if you guys want to see it. Uh, at Fan960Logan. But Dennis Weidman just goes to pound town. He drops the gloves. Kessler's in a bit of a scrum there. And he feels, okay, I got, I got a place where he's going. And it's uppercut, uppercut. And he's just dropping punches on the guy like it's crazy. And I don't think we had... I don't even remember exactly. I'd have to ask Pat maybe if he remembers the response, but I don't remember anybody even like raising like a big fuss about it. And it was just kind of like, yeah, he was asking for somebody to do that. And maybe it's because he has more of a reputation, like Ryan Kessler in Calgary has more of a reputation, and maybe we're not stunned that that was the guy doing it than – than Ridley Gregg, but yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, like 13-year-old me wanted to beat up Ryan. I mean, I never would have, 
he would have he would have run me in oh, about five God, seconds. He but, our ass. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he was the guy. He was the, he was a pain in the ass for the Flames. We uh, that essentially that entire Vancouver Canucks team was. So, but that's the thing. It's a rivalry, and my main stance on it is that don't lose. It, it's it's simple as that. You win a game in a rivalry, you got you have some room to showboat. It's not like this is something new to count. I mean, this is very different. We're not talking about people getting beat up. Remember when uh, David Riddick stopped Drysital? And he threw his stick in the air. That's just stuff that happens in a rivalry. Uh, emotions are high. I, I don't. <laughs> I do not approve anyone just absolutely beating the uh, beating the hell out of anyone after after a little play like that. But th- listen, this stuff happens. Uh, yeah, Dennis Weidman was. And uh, uh, he, he, he was he was a character. He was something. He was something. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, Bill from YYC. Uh, there's a code on how to score in an empty net. The Leafs are spoiled because every Canadian city is like playing in a home rink. What a great way to shut Leafs fans up by slapping a puck in an empty net and ending any chance of them tying it. Uh, if you note, after he scored, he didn't celebrate. He just skated away. I would have loved it if I was a Leafs fan. Uh, Sean says, the slap shot was from 10 feet from ten feet out. was absolutely hilarious. I loved it. It's an emotional game between division rivals and opposite directions, going in opposite directions. And it was a huge win for Ottawa. The response was warranted, but not with a cross check to the head. That was egregious. Better example of retaliation is Sid casually running into Ducks players who took a shot on net well after the whistle. The response from Riley is a boil over of frustration for an underwhelming Leafs season. Uh, we got a ton going here. Um, this guy says, this text says, you guys call it a cross check. It's barely a cross check. Riley punched him. Didn't drop his stick. A cross check would be like what Manjapani did to McCann. He only got one game. Uh, that's from Jane. I I think it was a cross check. I don't think it was like an egregious. I'm doing the two hand motion um, on the radio that no one can see except for Shan. I can see it's a good yeah, two hand motion. Yeah, yeah. It, I, he's got two hands on his stick. Yeah, and it goes towards the guy's face. It's I get it while they're. It's almost the same as the Pospisil thing in Boston. A couple, of, it, yeah. it doesn't have two hands on the stick. It's probably a different terminology for it, but I, I think it when you've got two hands on the stick, because it was of, it was more of a punch. You just it was with his right hand. Yeah, and you've got both hands holding, on yeah, the exactly, stick. Yeah. It's kind of hard to to call it that. Uh, okay, this one says I look forward to Riley receiving his suspension so people can move on. Media blows up everything. I, I love this stuff. I'll Thank be you for texting into the media station. <laughs> uh, this says that cross check on the street would get you a lawsuit in 60 days in jail. Uh, this says can't be less than four games with the cross check and fighting with your gloves on. Uh, which one here? This is just like uh, pimping a home run in baseball. If you don't like it, don't give it up. Otherwise, quit whining about a code. Sure, chirp, push, shove, but this is a cross check to the face. That's not sports. Typical sports trying to kill personality by sticking to some old ass code that is simply archaic. I I agree with that. It, it's you're playing a game. You are at the highest level. It's ultra competitive. Stuff like this happens. You're allowed to pimp it out. That's why I get I am so done with the NBA because people they'll dunk on someone and then go yeah and then it's a technical. Like I I don't know why we're trying to get rid of this. I I don't agree with you know dirty plays after that. But these are. People competing at the highest level. I want to see some of that. And it's don't let it happen. The the baseball one's the most relevant, I think, in this because I think baseball is probably the most similar to hockey when it comes to the code. Yeah, yeah. And, like, retribution for things, right? Like, you can't have – you can hit a home run, but you can't have too much fun with it. Which is ridiculous. Exactly, right? It's Like, you go off and if you hit a bomb in the first inning and you – you know, see a jacket 450 feet. If you toss that bat in any way, shape, or form, you're getting pegged the next time you go up. Yeah. Like you're getting a fastball to the lower back. And you afterwards. know it's coming. And it's, and it's so, I would be, if you don't like it, don't let it happen. Do you remember the guy on the Reds for a little bit, Derek Dietrich, where he was, he was just this ripped dude. He came into the league, started hitting home runs, and he was pimping the hell out of them. Like, like he would smoke one, his bat would be on the ground, and he'd be like strutting up the first before the ball is even out of the infield. I, I it's, I mean, he had his run. He was out of the league pretty quick. 
I just, I love it. And as, as a fan, you know, I never played baseball. It's frustrating if it happens to your team, but if, if someone hits a, let's say I'm cheering for the Blue Jays, someone hits a home run against against Chris Bassett, I'm not going to be like, oh, get him. If, if he drops his bat and smiles, I'm not going to say that. Like, it's it's just these, I don't understand how we're getting angry at players at the top of their game, at the highest level, for having a little bit of fun. <laughs> Sports are supposed to be is, fun. That's a news flash. what happens when you have a longer conversation and you just kind of get into part of it. Yeah. So it's okay for kids to do what Riley did? No. Really? <laughs> no, that's not what we said. No. We said the whole time that's the only part we had a problem with. <laughs> the cross check to the face was the issue. And that's why he's going to get suspended today. But everything else, just have fun with things. Really, Riley knows what Ridley Gregg knows what he's doing. That's stupid. I, I watched him at the World Junior. Like you he's, he, a, he's a dog. You think he was just going to skate away from that? No. Yeah. The NHL has like the most overreaction to things. The NHL is becoming famous for not even allowing big body checks without someone having to fight for it. Like it's uh, like that's the line they walk in hockey. You can hit somebody, but not too hard, or else we're going to have to fight. Like, what are we talking about here? Uh, it's unbelievable. They can have as much fun as they want to, but understand that there's going to be a response. I'm sure Ridley Gregg knew. Whatever. <laughs> it's okay for kids. No, no. That's not what we're saying. Don't teach your kids to do that. Don't let them do that. Suspend them if they do that. Yes. Give Bobby them, goes time out. Bobby goes and two hands somebody yeah. in your next peewee game. Bobby gets suspended. That's what happened. No food for Bobby for a week. No, Bobby, we're not going to McDonald's after no. after the game. You're going home. We're having broccoli, Bobby. Nice going. Twelve year olds just cross checking. Just the guy. Leave him alone, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Shan Furch, one of my outstanding producers here on Sportsnet today. Morgan Riley uh, will have his in person hearing uh, sometime on this Tuesday, and we'll find out uh, what the player uh, depart player of de- department of player safety. Easy for me to say. Uh, thinks about his actions from Saturday night. We're going to take a break. Kicking off hour two of the conversation. Our pal Jason Bukala from Sportsnet.ca. Also an hour two. Matty Rose is going to join us. Big day in CFL free agency for the Calgary Stampeders. All of that coming up in hour two. It's next on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.